I so I'm I'm a little disappointed, Matt. So Why? I wanted this in my head. This was going to be like our Real Housewives reunion. Oh. I don't have any wine in my hands. Like, first of all, it's super surprising that we did a whole season of this because it flew right. by. Like, we did this uh, 10 times. A whole year, yeah. A whole year has gone by. Um, and we've talked to some really cool people about some really cool stuff. Some of it was surprising. Some of it was not. Like, I learned things. I know you laughed at some of the problems because you could have seen them coming along a long way away um, based on your experience. But I'd love to touch on, like, highlights, things that you remember. Okay. Things stuck with you um things we can laugh about like how we completely lost an episode um and we had to make do i want to go real and macro and i want that so matt your 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 voice is going to be on this i've got i also got clips here too whenever you want to like uh pull anything they're not all of the clips that that maybe you have in mind but i do have some that we can pull up Oh, well, you, you're working like you have behind the scenes stuff. Some of the things that the like, way I organized it is like, you know, across like the new, the beginnings, like how do people start these, these projects? So like what school did they go to? What did they think school would matter? And like one of the takeaways from all of this is that school did not matter. It was like, uh, uh, and, and like one of the clips that was like most interesting to me was from Rich Gonzalez at. Uh, chill steel pipes this is the one that makes two patent pending uh glass vacuum sealed uh smoking apparatuses smoking apparatuses um which is killing it in the uh cannabis market and mm-hmm. listen to what he said about how he got his start yeah so i mean i guess i guess i should have started um you know i should have started the story i guess way back from you know, my beginning years, like I started out, I started out bagging groceries when I was 15 years old. Um, I I worked my way up in the grocery industry very quickly. So by the time I was 19 years old, I know it sounds kind of cheesy or whatever, but when I was 19 years old, I was the salad bar manager. See, I always thought that that was one of the coolest points because he's 19 years old. He's working in a Chicago jewel uh, supermarket and he's managing thousands of dollars of inventory like for real customers that depend on that salad bar and like he goes on to say that like while his friends went to college he was climbing up the chain uh like the corporate ladder there and he was getting a graduate degree in basically retail he knew everything about like what kind of packaging works on the shelves what kind of marketing materials works what doesn't work and then he took that lesson while his friends were coming out with debt. He had a six figure salary and he took that and he turned it into this whole entrepreneurial career where now he's got two patents on uh, these like uh, cannabis smoking apparatus and he's just blowing it up. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was, I think that's one of the most memorable, but I have one that's even more memorable for me. What's that? Um, and this might be, I might be stealing Maria's thunder here, but, um, it's the, the Brodo uh-huh. where she had the products, um, all spoil 
Like what a story that was. Like I would have given up. I would have given completely given up if that was me. Like I like I know myself better than most people do. And like I don't I definitely don't have that entrepreneurial spirit. So you won't see me creating a company anytime soon. Um, because I, I get frustrated. But for for me to be in her situation where she's done all this work, she finally got someone to buy her products and it all spoiled. Like I would have, I would have just been like, well, this isn't for me. And that is the exact opposite of what she did. And I thought that was, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, My favorite part in the Brodo was when she put all of the products in the car because it was winter and she needed a place to store it. Right. And she didn't have like a huge refrigerator. And it's like, that's genius. And that's what makes entrepreneurs and you don't learn that in school right like going to what like matt was saying it's it's something that it has to be in you to resolve issues because you're going to have issues all the time coming up right because you're at this point still not an expert in product development right so you will be learning along the way and failing just like um the guys in the wear care right like where they be testing and it failed and it's and they do it again and then they try you know maybe a different supplier or different you know um design so all of these is like the critical piece in here is not how much education you have it's how much experience you have and the experience comes from different things it doesn't necessarily come from school actually um it's just about how you handle situations and how you respond to it so it's, it has been great in that sense experience and perseverance right it's like oh, yeah. uh because like yeah. so many things go wrong like the I thing think- about that thing where with her spoiled uh, product that was the first retailer that was gonna go for her stuff too right yeah <laughs> like talk about like resiliency like I, we've been talking about this being like the season of entrepreneurship and i i really think looking back now like sure we can call it whatever we want but looking back now it's the it was the season of like failing fast every single person we talked to had some sort of obstacle that they needed to overcome and i'm not talking like oh like that was weird um, not a big deal. We figured it out like big, big, big issues. I mean, every single customer or every single um, uh, guest that we had on, on this podcast had a big problem that they figured out and it made them smarter in the long run. It made them more effective leaders and it brought their product to market better than it would have otherwise. Big ideas, big problems. <laughs> yeah, bigger problems. You know, it was a spicy memory that I have. And I, and I pulled up this uh, quote here uh, just to get uh, Maria on fire, um, which was uh, 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 our friends from Urban EDC uh, who uh, like positioned their tree planting service as being like carbon neutral. This is what he said. Environmental angle came in where we we work with climate neutral organization to offset our 2020 carbon footprint. And then we're actually going to be um, partnering up with another company to plant trees. So we'll, we'll actually be a carbon negative company. And I, I just, I could feel your eyes rolling when you heard that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> um, it's um my position is more on it, avoiding the carbon creation, right? 
and uh, reducing waste and reducing the footprint more than just you know substituting it by planting new trees that will take years to really compensate for that carbon. Uh, I think it's great. It's a, it's an easy way for companies that can do anything else to help. And and I think I it's it's something good to do. It's not negative, but we have to work harder. Um, and we have to work now because yeah. we don't have a lot of time. No, I, I agree. And, and, you know, this is, it's a sticky situation for me because the business that we're in, the business that I'm in is logistics is dirty. Warehousing and fulfillment is dirty, dirty business. And I've talked at length with Aaron, our CEO about this. And, and, you know, if there's any one thing that we, there isn't any one thing that we could do to, to make, you know, the biggest impact. It's all these small things. Well, you know, the planting of the trees and carbon credits, you know, is it the biggest impact you could possibly make? No. Are there other things that, you know, that specific guest at Irving EDC said that they do? They do other really cool things too, which like, I wish they would highlight those more. Like they reuse a lot of the, the inbound shipping boxes. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, that should be on a macro level what gets customers excited, but I know it doesn't. Like that, they can't put that on their marketing. Like, oh, we yeah. reuse boxes. People don't care about that. But if he says we plant trees, like that's spicier, right? People yeah. like that. Folks like Maria roll eyes because she knows um, she would much rather hear that he reuses the boxes and stuff. Um, but the it's, pallets, it's just, I think you mentioned also. Yeah, pallets they too. They re- instead of throwing them away when they break, which yeah. is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just so funny. Like as like obviously climate is like a big thing. It's a hot topic, um, and it's so funny how there's there's always a marketing spin on it, right? Like he does so much fixing the pallets, reusing the boxes, but like the one thing that is shiny that we could talk about and and scream about is, you know the the carbon credits, which makes and probably the hard. smallest yeah. impact of yeah. all the things that he does. <laughs> I mean, green gases is a huge problem we have now, but it's just yeah. one of the problems, right? And uh, uh, what's tricky now is that now it became popular, right? To be yes. sustainable. So a lot of companies are just trying to find the smallest thing to bring it, you know, into like a marketing campaign saying, you know, we save one liter of water a year it's like something like ridiculous right versus like really trying and i know it's changing i've seen it in these last years since we started with the yeah. people that i've been working with i see more of like recyclable packaging or recycled material being used and a lot of refillables in in packaging and things like that so it's very exciting and i think it's a new trend that is here to stay so yeah um, i'm here for the trend i just think <laughs> You know, there's so much more we can do. Like carbon credits mm-hmm. are great. That should be table stakes. Like yeah. we should be doing that. And then so much more like exactly. reusing boxes, fixing your pallets, choosing a, you know, a, a ground transportation instead of air. Um, Producing like more locally, right. Or getting yeah. even the raw material more locally because cheaping is a huge one when it comes to um, carbon footprint. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So I have a question for the room. What was your favorite object and why was it the glittery the glittery unicorn dildo? Just asking for a friend. Right. For me, yeah. <laughs> See, it was okay. I need to think about this because I missed that, that was one, definitely which is very sad. Yeah. That was our spiciest episode ever. And oh. you know, 
uh, an update if you guys are not following Anna D. Um, that woman is the most incredible person that I've ever met and continue to follow. Like I have to say like the perseverance that that, that girl has is hands down, like some of the best she's been, you know, through some ups and downs, she just recently had to lease out the warehouse she bought. She took her business back into her home. Oh, really? Because COVID had, has really affected her business um, in a, in a negative way since we've talked to her, but she hasn't stopped or slowed down. In fact, this is like pumped her up to work even harder. And like, I love watching her journey. Like it's just incredible. She is one of the most incredible women I've ever talked to ever in my entire life. I've got a clip right here from her. So it was a no brainer. The faster I did that, the more money I could make and money is the fucking motivator. Right? Like the way that there is just a fire there totally like my favorite story from that episode was like uh kind of like hearing the sort of the almost like genetic entrepreneurial kind of orientation that she possesses which is like she was a kid in like rural north carolina and a neighbor's mom was driving her and the and a couple of the kids into high school every day and they would, and she would buy them like a breakfast sandwich from like uh, McDonald's or something like that. And she would take that and then sell it for a profit at school rather than eating. And that was just like constantly scheming for like the next thing that she could sell. I thought, I thought she was like really interesting. Like she was great. Yeah, it's just like she seeds like every every bit of her is like an entrepreneur like i i could hope one day to have a tenth of the drive that she has yeah yeah what was your favorite episode maria like of all all or if there's a couple or favorite object or least favorite let's not go there (laughs) no i think they all have very you know exciting things and and they come from like different places like i really like the the urban edc because it's very kind of like different and the fact that they were working with artists and, and it's almost like made by order, right? Like it's, you, you get to produce, you get to kind of mass produce something very unique, which I think is very exciting and sexy. Um, but then the way I care, the fact that they care so much for their user and all of the testing they did and, and also the use case right around it which is like people in the hospital that are already you know having a bad time or feeling not so well the fact that you can improve their position as an end user i think the product also gets a huge value and then um the the girl from cc's closet right like just giving an opportunity to their hometown and and being able to give almost back to that community while people here enjoy the product right so it's not like they make sure that whoever is manufacturing this product is also kind of benefiting and you are changing those lives too. So it's, it's a little bit of everywhere, right? Like um, uh, different reasons why products make a huge impact, not only at the end in the product and who uses it, but everything around it. Yeah. John, I mean, what about you? Well said. So Anity was my most fun episode, honestly. Um, I learned so much in every one of them. 
the the toughest one for me, I'll tell you, was um, was the one that we did with the pick lines. So uh, some of it didn't make it into the episode. I, I purposely didn't uh, have that footage or the recording go in with Matt. But um, I remember my family had leukemia, and I remember they sent her home with her pick line with a tube sock. And so going through like the story with him and talking through like I I saw that and I was like oh man that's terrible like you have a sock in your arm and he looked at that and was like I can make something that's so much better than that and that was so profound for me because it just again I'm not an entrepreneur I talk a good talk I'm a great podcast host if I do say so myself hair flip um but you know I didn't even think like when I saw that maybe it's because there's an emotional connection but he also had one so that's not a good excuse um I just saw like a problem and he he saw a problem too but it was a problem that he wanted to solve and so that was that was like the most profound and like touching part I probably should have recorded that piece so everyone could hear it but it was a little personal for me so I kept it close to heart the what what is like kind of interesting about his story there too is that like he had that like drive to do something about it and then how long did it take to get the first one out 18 months like 18 months also not forever right maria 18 months is not that long to get a prototype done very normal i would say maybe even fast (laughs) but like you know he like he he started out his story by describing like okay he had this idea and I even have the clip here, but I won't even pull it up. It's like he was talking to his mom about this, who happened to be going back to the hospital to listen to a lecture by a former colleague who works in this space, who's an entrepreneur. She shared this this anecdote that her son was thinking about, like like investing and in building something around pick lines, and then he like uh, like immediately gave his number and said he needs to call right away. This is really interesting. Yeah. And so the thing that was interesting was like there was immediate direct momentum, which then met this like plateau, like of of like refinement. The first prototype bombed with the nurses that he shared it with. They were like, um, mm-hmm. I want to start with a good thing, but this is not actually working. And like he endured like it, the first five minutes, his prototype tanked. And instead of like, in like, you know, walking away, he, he drilled into it with them and they gave all this practical feedback that he applied into the work. And then it's this, it's, it's like such a cool story. And I would like to say for people that are in this, right? Like maybe hearing this because they are going through their first product and they don't really know much and they want to hear us to learn a little more. It is normal process. And, and every time I work with companies like startups that are trying to do new products and I try to explain things take some time and things are going to go wrong and you have to plan for them, right? Like you have to just be with the attitude for changing, for being able to move fast and then find, you know, a plan B and a C and a D. And the more prepared you are, the, the earlier you accept that these things are going to happen, the faster you're going to be able to move without it affecting you, whether it is financially or emotionally, right? Or, or the time that it just takes to, to do things. So it's important to know that this is normal. It will happen many, <laughs> many times, even to the experts, you know? I mean, I've heard it 10 times. It happens. 
with in 10 episodes we heard that 10 times i think the other thing too like when you when you when i listen back on that episode i'm like wow he was lucky in retrospect now looking back was he lucky or did he actually just talk about his idea because i think that's part of it too like you have to be confident in the ideas that you have that that's been an overarching thing too is that each person we've talked to had a level of confidence that like they kind of they knew what they wanted to do like i know if it was me and i had this like weird idea i don't know that i'd be like openly talking about it or if my mom was going to go and and mention it to someone i'd be like no don't do that like I, it's a stupid idea but like it is was he lucky or did he just have the confidence to openly share this idea because he knew that it was a good idea and he had confidence behind it? That's such a good point too. Like, uh, because it's not, it's like not brittle confidence either. It's not a fully baked idea. It's more like focus on a problem that like he believes can be resolved yeah. and he doesn't yet know how, and he's willing to like try fail keep going until there's something that's just that's so true that's cool and i wonder how many of them started with like a slightly different idea right because the ideas kind of change over time and his first thing was a parking lot app it was like and then he got into the pick line stuff so yeah couldn't that couldn't be any more different (laughs) right i mean look at rich was making cutting boards i think yeah bed bath beyond and yeah like home goods yeah. Home goods and and now and then like bongs. Okay. He like he basically went to a a cannabis convention that was running adjacent to his home goods one that he was visiting, and he saw how like uh, shoddy the whole uh, uh, apparatus was, and was like, "Wow, these are good products that they're doing a horrible job selling." And he's just like recalling all of his grocery store, all of his home goods store, all of his Walmart experience. He's like, I can do this like in my sleep. And uh, since I've designed cold like storage water bottles, vacuum tube things, I can do this for like a smoking apparatus high. Is that how you like pluralize? I I think it's pluralized. Yeah. Um, So I have a good one. Um, A surprise from the season. So something that shocked me. So we interviewed Stephanie Taylor from Zaxi, who I know very well, but completely unrelated to the episode in life. I was watching, um, shocker, uh, <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and actually, one of the contestants was wearing one of Stephanie's pieces of jewelry. And I reached out to her. I actually paused it. I took a picture, reached out to them. And I was like, did you know that um, Carrie Colby was wearing your necklace in the confessional? And they had no idea. They never sent it to her. So, like, talk about what a cool, like, what a cool experience wow. it is that, like, it's on a mainstream TV show. It's, you know, a celebrity. She is a celebrity now after after this season. Um, but that's so cool that, like, that happened organically. Like, she didn't have to seed that product to her really really neat that is awesome and stephanie taylor's story is cool like inheriting a like three million dollar direct to uh a b2b company uh going uh that is operating inside of a sock warehouse in new york city 
mm-hmm. and converting it into a direct to consumer uh, company with twenty million dollar revenue on her like like totally changing this like this business and like pushing through that was that was a really cool story i love that story like yeah. and, like i actually have a clip here uh, uh john you were like on a tear with these uh with these questions <laughs> at the time where you were like constantly going like give me the tea which i just loved so this is this is wonderful you were like you both talking about the transition from uh, B2B to uh, B, uh, D2C. Before you launched um, Zaxi, and really before the probably the Payless thing happened, what did you think of B2C businesses? By the way, the Payless thing happening is basically like, John, you probably know it better, but it's like Payless went bankrupt and then they lost a ton of money. Like, like um, uh, Stephanie's business lost a ton of money. It happened twice, didn't it? Yes. So shame on you if it happens once. Shame on me if it happens twice, right. I think is what the way she likes to tell that story. But yeah, talk about wanting to give up. Like I would want to give up. Right. And so that. it's like, uh, so you set it up that way. It's like, all right, I've had it with this B2B crap. Like what, what was your thought on that? And like, why didn't you do it sooner? So to be honest, you have to think of what we do when we're selling B2B. It's large quantities and that's where you can make more money quicker and you don't have to spend as much on advertising because the retailer is doing the advertising for you so there's there's definitely it's you know the pluses to having your own brand and going b2c but having that b2b you take risks and you, you're private label, so you, you don't have a brand to back you up, but there are a lot of things in that that are easier. So I think that's here first. Yeah, Spilling but, the tea right there. It's money. That's why. Because exactly. you can make more of it faster, easier. Exactly. And it's one earring, 10,000 units. Here you go. You know, that's a quick profit. And selling, you know, B, B2B, um, you ha- I'm sorry, B2C, you have to get every customer it's a cost to acquire every single person that's going to want to wear your brand or be part of what you're doing and that's really hard like so like you were crushing with the questions and it was like it's so interesting to hear that deep kind of business thinking like uh underneath all these like otherwise like these object stories like nested inside this like uh former uh, beauty contest, uh, like jewelry brand from three generations back is this like multi-million dollar like operation that is like setting up a new brand, completely changing its business model. It's amazing. It's all, it's all driven by her. Yeah. It was so cool. And I think it's very important. Like one thing that is hard about these entrepreneurs is that you could be really good at selling or let's say really good at making products, right? And and really good at having an idea and taking it into production. And then what, right? Now comes the whole marketing, publicity, putting it out there, right? Like the, that's like a whole new world of expertise that you also have to have because then you could have an amazing product that just doesn't sell or be really yeah. good at sales and then have very you know a lot of issues in quality so it's, yeah. it's tricky because you have to have both worlds in like so 
one That's, company or one life. She talked about that. She talked about that. She talked about the photo shoot. So she did. She didn't. She didn't know how to do a direct to consumer brand. She did a photo shoot. Spent a lot of money on it, and like, it like she she didn't know. She didn't know what she didn't know. She wanted to make good product, good quality product at a decent price. But like getting it in the hands of the consumer, like she could sell a hundred thousand of those to you know pay less, no problem. But how does she sell a hundred thousand of those to a hundred thousand women out there? Mm-hmm. That was the hard part that she had no idea how to do. This is reminding me of this other thing. This so the most surprising episode uh, from this season, from my perspective, was the last one. The, uh, the spy guy conversation most interesting person who kind of breaks every kind of mold of like what one would expect from an entrepreneur this was not a, a driven person he graduated from high school he did not go to college he did not work at the grocery store he did not have a job he spent uh, four years at home playing video games in his parents house and then one night He's having dinner with his parents at like the, the local family restaurant that they've gone to his whole life. And they said, but you should probably get a job now. Hey, that spy shop next door has a help wanted sign. Why don't you just go there? And then he just sort of like, okay. And he goes there and uh, then he ends up like making over like a million dollars in revenue, you know, yada, yada, yada. He sets his own business, online business, selling spy gear, uh, generating millions of dollars of revenue, completely kind of bored by it, by the way, like having like an existential crisis about like what's to be done next. And it's all just like something about putting him in that store, taking responsibility over the sales, uh, like, you know, from scratch, activated this engine inside of him. Like he was getting books on how to do like optimized search, how to work. He was in that Yahoo sales like like channel. Like this is pre Shopify, pre all. Uh, so like it, it was like it was an amazing story. And he, there's a clip. I don't know if I should put it or not. It may be a little bit too long. Like it's a minute and a half. But he goes on to explain the challenges of selling spy gear uh, compared to what he thinks all the other objects that one could sell. And I thought this was just an interesting, like, uh, 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 it's interesting to hear him like go on this. I mean, that's, that's like a relatively recent thing. Like maybe the last three years I've really realized like how difficult the space is. I've got a lot of friends now that run successful, you know, service-based businesses or other e-commerce businesses. And they have it easier in a lot of ways their lifetime value. They have customers that place repeat orders. We don't get that. People who buy from us, they've got a problem. They buy the item that fixes it. And then that's like basically it. Um, So it's really hard to get repeat business. And so when you have high customer acquisition costs via like Facebook or Google or something like that, typically you make it up on the back end, right? Like you get them on the email list and then they make more purchases or it's like a consumable product. And so they just keep buying more stuff. Whereas Spy Guy just doesn't fit the bill there. Um, also, we're just limited in the products that we sell. So, um, you know, nobody's really making new stuff. And so it's really hard to get people excited. Um, 
through our email list because it's just like the same items over and over again. Whereas other brands are like brand new, totally have this product, limited run. Like they just have all these things going for them product wise, whereas I don't. Um, it's electronics, it's low margin. Actually manufacturing this stuff takes time. If you want to build a product from scratch, it takes two years. Um, whereas if you're doing like soft goods, like a bag or something like that, or something that's injectable plastic, easy. Uh, yeah, tech support. Um, you have customers who they don't, uh, a lot of them aren't tech savvy. And then, uh, it's really hard to find people who need spy gear also. So, um, it's not like Facebook where if you're trying to find guitarists, like it's pretty easy, right? To find people on Instagram or whatever who play guitar and show ads to them. Uh, it's really hard to find somebody who needs a hidden camera or who needs a, who needs a bug detector. Cause they think that like there's a camera in their Airbnb or something like that. It's, so it's so funny because of all the people we've talked to, like he does have the biggest problem of everyone. Like if you get repeat orders, like it's almost not a good thing. Cause like, what are you enabling at that point? Right. I was going like, to say, I'm glad he's having a hard time selling this thing. I mean, as a big traveler, I, I just look into his website. I'm like, Oh my God, this is scary. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true though. Um, so like if you have repeat purchasers it says a lot about the purchaser says a lot about society like i hope that we don't need to sell a lot of bug detectors for airbnbs because oh god that's the last thing i want to think about so like loved him and i don't want him to be that successful that more successful because it just means that our world is going in the wrong direction either like you need to like creep on your significant other or you have to be worried that there's bugs inside of your your airbnb or you have like problems like oh i hope our society could be simplified and he can have more success in his point guy business because he has yeah. that other business now well, yeah, i hope like that's i hope that's his money maker and we can we can not have to worry about spy guy anymore i could be wrong but i think the next generation of these type of products is just the not hidden camera, right? Like nowadays you have cameras everywhere. Like now glasses are coming with cameras and every house has a camera. And it's just like, now you know you're pretty much being watched all the time, right? Like it's yeah. not as, oh my God, somebody's filming me um, yeah. type of thing. I think he touched on that, that like the, the detectors now are, are even um, becoming less needed because the cameras are so in your face. Yeah. <laughs> And people are okay with that or okay or right? Oh, yeah, we all it's just accept so it. Much of that. Yeah. When you walk down the street now, everyone has one of those ring doorbells. Like yeah. a smile. I think there's a TV show now about like silly things people do. Delivery the guys and oh, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the, the delivery person dance or something yeah. like that. I or, have or... a lot of opinions on that. I won't go there. I, uh, I don't think that's great. <laughs> So, uh, outside of the uh, the uh, unicorn uh, dildo, what are the products from the seasons list that you would recommend to like people in your life? Um, so I it's it's situational. I think any of these I would recommend. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. I I hope that I don't have too many people in my life or in the future that will need a pick line. Um, I would, I would, I would recommend every one of these products. I think 
the ones that stood out for me, like the most heartwarming episode um, was probably the one with the sisters, mm-hmm. Chioma and, and Uchenna, the ones that, that got to go to and do the Shopify um, experience and like hearing, hearing what they were able to build and not even what they were, honestly, what they were able to build was cool. And that was a great part of it. But like hearing about the experience and what they got out of it and how it felt to be taken seriously as like business women, that was, that was probably the coolest story for they me. Got the most the, heartwarming uh, one. Like on the billboard, uh, like in yeah. Manhattan. And that's like totally cool. And uh like and i just like i pulled out this thing because i thought this was like a cool moment from their episode we had a website that people felt that they could trust and purchase from because when we had our first stranger sales a woman in florida and i was just like do you know anyone i like texted channel like you know anyone in florida because she just bought a bag for like 160 dollars on the internet from us and i was just like i don't know her name and she's like i don't know her name and i was like our first stranger sale oh my god it's like the best i know they're just i just like loved them that's amazing. Because that's it's like nice to do that share with somebody and share the joy and share, you know, like the moments too. That's a, yeah, that's huge. They're the only. I mean, other than probably other than who's one of my favorite cases, like products, was like the aloe case, right? Yeah, aloe, with the antibacterial honestly. and it launched right in the middle of COVID situation, and it. I think yeah. it was such a genius, seamless solution right for maintaining your hands clean where you just have a daily use product that will help you know achieve that with, with, without having like extra steps or any complications for the user so i think and it's such an easy product to use like everyone has a case and people change them like every it. year whatever and they look nice and and they are just like uh, that mix of simplicity and good looking and they also serve an extra function, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the cool thing, the, there's actually a lot of parallels between that story, Nick's story, and and the sisters because, you know, they got to feed off of each other, right? That's, like, part of that success. Like, they're texting, like, oh, we have our first stranger sale. That's so cool. And then, you know, with with um, the Alloy cases, th- these guys are all go- going through COVID. I mean, that, obviously, we had to have a COVID episode, but they're all mm-hmm. going through COVID together and, like, they like experience COVID together. They experience building this brand together. They, they took pieces of, of like their background and the things that they cared about and were important to them and formulated this product at the right time when the world was falling apart and they had each other. Like those are the only two episodes I feel like where they had like, I'm sure everyone has people in their life, but like such a, a foundational part of, of their forming of their business and their object was around like another person. I think that was really cool. It's like, what do you get when you combine a history major, a public health major and an engineering major and the first global pandemic in a hundred years. And like, they are, they're grat- They have nothing to do. They can't leave their house. They, they can't go to their jobs that they just lost before they even started you get a new technology based on ancient technology that is dealing with healthcare issues like that. And that it's like the perfect like solution. It's like, it was amazing. Well, 
it could have went one or two ways. They could have created a product like they did, or they would have started podcasting because yeah. I feel like those are the two things <laughs> that would have come out of that we're group of bread. individuals. Yeah. I think we all made bread, but you know what I mean? Like what a, what a basket of like individual personalities they had there. Right. So they either were going to do something really cool like they did, or they were going to do something completely different. It was, it was either going to be one or the other. I have a clip to like close it out. Like if we started the whole thing with like, you know, recognizing the challenges and the perseverance that comes with like, um, uh, being an entrepreneur, like if we just like go to the very first episode, uh, that we had, uh, this season, which was the hydrometer and the, uh, thermometers sensor push. And it's basically, describing kind of like what we just heard from uh, uh, Yuchenna and Chioma, like about their first stranger sale. It's like what it feels like to make a sale when you put your, like you take your first step in this process. It was just like, it was so cool to hear. It was fun. The The moment that we both really shared was, was uh, you know, the, the moment when you make your first sale and like what a big deal that is because it's, you know, it was silent for a couple of days and it, you know, we're sitting there like, is this going to work or not? You know, we don't know. And and we still had the consultancy. It wasn't like we were by any stretch all in with it, but it was still, you know, we'd put a lot of work in and we wanted it to work. And I remember I was, I happened to be at a museum with my kids and uh, you know, I, I heard the alert go off and it was like, this is working, you know, and it was, it was one, one sale, but you know, if you can sell one, you can sell more than one. Isn't that cool? Yeah, I can totally. So I can relate to that in so many ways, especially like with the podcast, like, mm -hmm. like we did this and we, we had these conversations and like, I got to work with awesome people like you, Maria and Matt, and like they talk to these, these amazing entrepreneurs about the stuff they built. Like, that's awesome. Then we published the first episode and I was like, nobody's going to listen to this. Like literally nobody, like my mom, like nobody's going to listen to this. Like it's going to have zero <laughs> plays and that's not what happened. I have a it's lot the exact of friends, opposite. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> thank goodness for your friends. No, but I, I'm serious. Like that was so cool to see that. Like we put some effort into this. Like I'm not a pot. I, I, I'm not a podcast host. I tooted my horn earlier. Let's be honest. Uh, I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go. And I was like, nobody's going to want to listen to this. Like the stories are cool, but like, like who cares what I have to say, who cares about the stories I want to tell, but the feedback that I've gotten from like the wider community, not even just like the ship hero community or the logistics community, but like in general on social media or emails, like was so awesome. Like the, the episodes are really, really cool. I actually like to listen to them. It comes on in my car and that's probably because I don't talk that much in them to be honest it's mostly the guests but like it comes up in the car and like i'll listen to it and like it's really cool and every time i listen to it i i i hear something i didn't hear the first time it is it's, it's really neat so i may not have made my first sale but when i got my first play and i hit those milestones like when it was the first 10 plays the first 50 plays like that was really cool it was a really good feeling I love that. I it's mean, your like, baby. Yeah, this is like it's our baby. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I am happy to be able to help uh, you guys or whoever is listening um, do uh, their products and all of that. I'm also surprised that you needed you didn't need any help for the glitter dildos. I guess you're an expert (laughs) in that area. I just want to thank you. Like I want to thank both of you. So from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you both. Like seriously for helping me pull this together giving me the confidence I need to, to feel like I, I know what I'm doing. Um, and also just like bringing your time, energy, and effort into helping us build what has become 10 really amazing conversations with really cool people. Um, like, like, thank you for being a part of this with me. I, I, I speechless. Thank you for I, making I talk me a part of it. <laughs> you guys are great. I mean, and, and, the work that goes behind this it's also huge right like uh, finding people and and understanding more about them and just like post recording too and posting it and it's it's huge and it's done really well and uh, it's a pleasure just to be part of this so thank you for inviting me objects is a ship hero product produced by matt schmiel theme music by Yeti Music. If you have an object you want us to profile, send a note to me, your host, John Joaquin, to pitch at shiphero.com. I promise to read every pitch that comes in. We're always on the lookout for a new object to cover. To get more info and episode details and more links to the stuff that we talk about, visit shiphero.com objects. Until next episode, take care, be safe, and stay curious.